All right, I'm recording now, so just letting you guys know. Any other questions for this gentleman? Because I know you're going to switch over the same to Darrell. Uh, one of my questions is, what were significant obstacles that helped shape the businessman that you are today? Uh, I, so one thing I always say, man, is I don't believe in failure, right? And so obstacles are just tools to learn from. Um, and and I phrase it as that there's no such thing as failure. They just call it lessons learned, right? So obstacles in my way that, I, that, that, that we would see as obstacles that may have tried to prevent me from doing that, I just had to learn not to do it again, right? So we have that whole saying definition of insanity is doing the same thing twice, expecting different results. Uh, so, you know, we just, for me, um, I took everything as a learning lesson and then how I could better myself. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, another one is what's one thing you would tell your younger self and young people right now? <sighs> All right. <laughs> this, this has nothing to do with business it, it has everything to do with business maintain your health right that's the one thing i would have told myself is to stay in shape keep active uh, maintain my mental health my spiritual health and my financial health um and 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 stay active like the, the and and don't let myself get so much caught into the grind that i'm working to the point where i'm working to death right and that's a true statement so um in our I would have told myself to enjoy much more of my life um, as I was going through it. And the biggest part is like, you know, when I started my business, I was about 205 pounds solid. You know, I worked out and now I'm 340 pounds and everything else is bothering me under the sun. And no matter how much money I made, I can't take it with me. So, you know, everybody, I always say this, everybody says YOLO, you only live once. Well, I don't believe in it. I was like, I say, Yodo, you only die once and you live every day. Every day. Yep. Okay. So that's what I tell myself right now. But if I had told myself that back in the day, I would have just, you know, been making sure that I lived every day. Okay. Um, another one is what's your why? <clears throat> my why, man. And this is interesting because I, I had a conversation. This is years into my business. I had a conversation with another friend of ours named Chris Johnson. If you get a chance, look him up. And he asked me, what was my definition of, of success, right? And, my, and I, I started talking about money. And he said, is that your definition of success? And he made me go through this scenario where I talked about my why was I wanted the ability to provide for my family and make mm -hmm. sure that my children were exposed to the things that I wanted to, to be exposed to. Mm -hmm. And so it was how do I obtain those goals and make sure that they, so that I could satisfy that. So that became my why as to why I do what I do every day. Uh, you know, it's, it's to provide, you know, and it's not to be rich and, you know, if I hit the lottery, great. But I started working toward making sure that my kids had access to things, my family had access to things, and I had access to things. So that was my why. Um, what should I aim for when? starting a business you know aiming is kind of like too much to the point right we just set goals right and starting your business you want to set goals that kind of reach for the moon um, but are but are realistic and tangible so 
you know, it's it's important that you and and we have this whole conversation about goals, but it's teach yourselves the habits to be successful. So making sure you write stuff down, uh, constantly review it and understand that it's a livable document that can be rewritten and turned around. But you, you set it out to say, hey, what are the steps that I'm going to take to be successful? OK. Thank uh, you, sir. All right. man. I'll let you all jump right. off and then we're going to give some of the same questions to Darrell and let him answer some of them. Yeah, man, I want the recording because Darrell, he be dropping knowledge, man. I, and sometimes I need to come back and look and listen. Yeah, <laughs> all right. OK. Yeah, yeah all I, right. from, from where I started, I'll send that to you once we're all wrapped up. All right. All good. Hey, Tevion. Hey, uh, Paris, make sure he has my contact information, uh, my cell and my email. And, if, you know, if you ever have questions, man, like, you know, once 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 these brothers from Nehemiah open the door, that means the door is open to you. OK, so we have phone call, email and a text away. If you ever have any questions, man, I'm there for you. Sounds good. Thank you, man. I Thank appreciate you. it, Mark. Man, Mark, we All really right. appreciate it, man. Thank you. No problem. Talk to you all later. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Well, now you're just down to Mr. Durrell. I'm going to run to the restroom while he asks you your five, six questions. I'll be right back. All good. All good. Don't don't be afraid of this guy. He's not going to do anything bad. <laughs> Go ahead. You can take over. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of just going to ask you the same questions. Yep. And, yeah, so the first one was, what should I aim for when starting a business? Um, to answer it succinctly, aim to be able to use your, your gifts, your talents, and the skills that you know you can be a blessing to others with and how to overlay them to solve a problem. Right. So business, uh, a business is nothing but solving a problem for someone. Right. And being able to do it with excellence. So I'm here at Capital Auto Glass right now. And I've been in. And this is the third time that I've been back to the same location. Um, and anybody can do auto glass. Right. But the customer service here and the people here is what brings me back to get all my cars done here. For example, I'm sitting here in their conference room having this conversation with you uh, because they look after their customers. I didn't even expect for them to offer me their conference room, right? But they know that they have a natural, you know, one of their skill sets is being able to provide great customer service. And they just so happen to provide, do a service of auto glass. So think about what you're really, really good at. Think about what brings you joy and happiness. What would you work on every single day to get better at? Because you just love doing it. And then looking at what that skill set is, what that gift and that natural talent is, uh, how you can continue to make it better and better and better. Um, and then what problem can it solve for somebody? That way, even when the, the challenges of running a business starts to present themselves, they won't necessarily be significant challenges because you're operating in your gifts and talents. That's when you're the most happy. That's when you're the most fulfilled. That's when you have the most energy. And that's when you're able to help the most people. And I can already tell your heart is to be one of helping other people be successful as well. Um, and then you'll, you will, you, that's, that's, I'll shut it off there, but that's what you should aim for. How can you use your gifts, your talents? I call them your superpowers. 
things you do extraordinarily well and what type of business uh, problem can be solved with those. Okay. Um, what's the tax write-off that you regret not knowing earlier? All of them. All of them. Right. So one of the things as Mark had talked about is, you know, we just weren't naturally educated on how to, you know, work through the tax code, um, how to think about business in a way where you're you're not only earning money, but protecting your money. So I would say the, the biggest cheat code is to identify uh, a very solid tax accountant or CPA that you feel comfortable and authentic with, where you can just tell them, hey, I don't know what I don't know. I'll give you an example. Just before this meeting, I was emailing um, my tax accountant and connecting him to one of my clients who I serve as an executive coach for. And this gentleman runs a multi-million dollar uh, nonprofit based out in the Bay Area. Uh, and he had some, some tax nonprofit tax questions. And I'm like, hey, I don't know but I know who do know, and I was able to connect them to my guy. So getting the right person around you, um, under, you know, there's, there's a lot to deal with vehicles, you know, the type of business that you run, the type of structure that you put your, your company in. Is it a sole proprietorship? Is it an LLC? Is it a C corporation? And what's associated with those? And then that will allow for you to better understand the tax consequences that go along with those different structures. And that's what a, a CPA or a tax accountant will help you do. You know, for example, many people start off a business as a sole proprietor because they don't have a significant amount of expenses um, and there's not a lot of risk. So my, my, my side hustle is an executive coach. I got 13 clients that range from, you know, CEOs, entrepreneurs to uh, mid-level managers trying to take their career to the next level. And the um, it all it all depends on you know the level of engagement that I'm going into. If I'm going to go into it as a sole proprietor, meaning I, there's not going to be a lot of risk at all, or if I'm doing a corporate gig with like Safe Credit Union, then I will make sure that I use uh, a corporation that protects me from any type of liability or risk. But then that's taxed at a different level as well. So the, the biggest, I'll just say the biggest lesson I wish I learned going back to your initial question is make sure I found the right tax person that I could be authentic with right from the onset. So I'll be like, look, I don't know this. I need your help. You do what you do. Great. I'll do what I do. Great. And we'll keep it moving. Mm. <laughs> okay. What steps did you take to turn your idea into something tangible? Uh you know, so a couple things. Number one, I would just encourage you, just do it. <laughs> just, just start doing something, no matter what it is. Because if you, do, if you don't start today, right, tomorrow you go be at the same place you were in today. Yep. So just start. So uh, that's number one. Number two is I found I did a lot of research uh, in order to mitigate my risk. I built a team and identified people that could help me to the greatest extent possible. But then also something that I went through called the Sacramento Entrepreneurship Academy was, was really helpful. And I wish I would have known about that when I was in college um, because it helped me go through the whole process of ideation 
all the way through, you know, even creating a product, depending on how complex it was, and pitching it to venture capitalists. Um, so Sacramento Entrepreneurship Academy, I've been around for about 35 years. It's S-C-A-S-E-A dot org, I think it is, or S-E-A link dot O-R-G. And uh, there's quite a few uh, college students that go through the, uh, the Sacramento Entrepreneurship Academy as well. Uh, simultaneously, while they're going to school, they go through the Entrepreneurship Academy. I believe the classes were on the weekends, um, but it was really instructional. And then you get a whole nother network of entrepreneurs because they have these business checkpoints where they come in and they you know, see how far along you're in the process that they outline for you that the program outlines for you. And then once a month or once a week, they have a speaker come in and talk to you about a particular topic, whether it's you know legal, marketing, uh, customer service, research, branding, whatever it might be. And all those are practicing business owners that you have access to. Um, because of the Sacramento Entrepreneurship Academy, uh, one of the corporate boards that I serve on um, the guy I met who runs the company, I met him way back then, and he's become my, one of my top mentors. So definitely look into that. Got it. Thank you. Yep. Um, what was a turning point in your life? Uh, a turning point. Oh man, there's so so many turning points. <laughs> I'll keep it. I'll keep it uh, associated with business. Um, when I figured out that nobody cares <laughs> and we have a connection, we have a group of people that care, right? Parish cares, right? And that's hence him connecting you with us and doing whatever he can. Um, but, but people on the other side of the table, um, when you're doing business, um, when you're working in a company, um, uh, nobody cares. Now they they will care to a certain extent. That's that's harsh. I just put it that way. That's harsh, but they'll care to a certain extent. But they don't care if your kids go to college debt free. Can I get out of college debt free? Right. They don't care if you're able to help your parents, you know, in their elder years, or um, you know, pay for um, you retire at a certain age, or invest in the community, or tie to your church, or if you're able to have the best medical um, coverage possible, or if you're able to send your kids on trips to different parts of the world for exposure, like they don't care. So once you really realize, like they don't care that it's all on you, you got a hundred percent accountability for your future. It just frees you so much. You don't have, and and I and because I'm a very relational person, I love to build relationships with people, and I love to pour into people. So I always thought as a Christian, as I was raised, you just treat people right. You do God's work and great things go happen to you. Mm. Now, I'm blessed in many other ways. I have great health, right? I got great family. I have great friends, but it didn't help my pocketbook. <laughs> so once I got that, like, you know what? I just got to be a dog and go get it and, and, and charge what I'm worth. For example, I used to charge $250 an hour for my executive coaching um, because, you know, my 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 self-assessment was, oh, 
I got a full-time job. I'm going to just do this as a side hustle. And, you know, 250 is good because I'm African-American. You know, I'm a black man. They may not think I'm as smart. I got to prove my worth, even though I'm, I've been a CEO for 10 years. I'm on, you know, a corporate board of a company that got 500 employees and do over 200 million in revenue. I'm on another corporate board of a startup of a guy who's been a serial entrepreneur, but I still diminished, you know, myself and what my worth was until ultimately I saw what other people were charging. I went from 250 to 400 an hour like that without the blinking of an eye. And they were like, okay, cool. Wait, and they said, okay, cool. Yep. All right. So that means it was still, there was probably still a little money on the table. Yep. Because you didn't even push them to a negotiation. They just was like, all right, we'll accept it. So if you would have hit them with that, and I need that eight, then they were like, ooh, can we give you five? All right. Yep, Yep. absolutely. Um, How did you find clients for that? Um, For the the business, for my my executive coaching business? Yeah. Um, So it it was very organic. It was proving my value and my worth just on a day to day. So I knew that I, I wanted to be transitioned to one of the world's best CEOs. And by transitioning to one of the world's best CEOs, people just started like, hey, Darrell, can you help me do this? Or can you talk to this person about that? And can you do that? And then ultimately, because I was continuing to work on myself, people saw that I had more and more knowledge and more and more game each time they seen me. They just started asking me, can you, can you, can you? And I said, yes, right? And then ultimately, once I got to a point where I'm like, okay, actually I can make a business out of this because I, I never saw myself being an executive coach as a side hustle. Um, I just saw myself being a CEO, maybe getting on the board and coaching my son's basketball team. But ultimately when um, people started asking and then I understood what executive coaching was and how me continuing to sharpen my game and sharpen my acts and increase my knowledge can be a benefit to others. I'm like, thanks, God. Now you gave me the platform where when I talked to you earlier about using your gifts, your talents and your superpowers to be a blessing to others and turning that into a business. So every single day when I'm talking to my clients, I just get to pour into them. Right? I get to pour into them and help them elevate themselves, and I get paid for it. How cool is that? So they started asking me, and now, because I, I am being a little more intentional about it, I t- once I have a client, I ask for a referral. So if I know that I did extremely well for that particular person, I'm like, hey, just so you know, I got kids. I'm trying to build this side hustle. If you know anybody else you think can value, be a you know could could, uh, could be um, impacted by the work that I do and the way that I coach people to help them take the lid off their life, lid off their career, you know, let me know. Always appreciate the referrals. And my my I've never marketed my business is a hundred percent word of mouth. What's that? Um, what's your why? Um, I have a couple of whys, but my, my, my number one why is to maximize my potential. And I know if I maximize my potential, my family's going to be blessed. Everybody that I touch is going to be blessed. Right. And it may not be blessed, you know, necessarily financially, 
But if I maximize my potential, I'll be able to help other people take the lid off their careers, the lid off their lives. Right. One of one of that's that's like, like one of my my number one philosophies is no matter who I talk to, I should God speaking through me help me take the lid off their life or the lid off their career. Because I truly believe people put these arbitrary glass ceilings, no matter who we are, on what we can achieve and what we can do. Um, and I've been able to break through some barriers. So now I'm helping other people break through those barriers as well. Uh, you know, our family's, family's philosophy and we got our hoodies and everything is inspire, not impress. Right. So we're like, how can we help inspire people to be the best version of themselves? And what platforms are we able to do that on? My daughter even got it tattooed down her back. She, she all in. <laughs> but that's but that's my why. If I become the best version of myself and maximize my potential, everybody that I come in contact with will be blessed. Um, what was the hardest challenge you faced by being your own boss? The hardest challenge I faced? Um, confidence. 100% for me. Is, is confidence. No, nobody in my family has been an entrepreneur outside of my grandma. And while I was seeing my grandma run her business, I never really talked to her about her business, right? So my dad worked for the federal government. My mom, you know, had odd jobs here and there. So nobody in my family is an entrepreneur. So when it came down to uh, me, once I went out on my own and things got a little bit tough, I was like, ooh, I was clipping at making, you know, X amount of thousand dollars a month and then it fell off a cliff. I don't know how it's going to sustain itself. Can I do it? Right. My family's, my kids are dependent on me for private school. I got a mortgage. I got car notes. Can I really sustain this? And ultimately, I bowed out. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go get a job again. Uh, that way, I know I got this consistent income. And I was fortunate to fall right back into another CEO role. Um, but if I, if, if I would have stuck with it, maybe I could have had one of the world's largest executive coaching businesses, right? Which I really, really want to do. But my confidence level, my belief in myself wavered so much <clears throat> that I just bowed out. So now my job is to help other people maintain that confidence. Um, what's one thing you would tell your younger self and young people right now? Um, the one thing I would tell myself and young people right now, in addition to nobody cares, is you got, you are a hundred percent accountability, uh, accountable to yourself to be successful, right? Like Eric Thomas says, you owe you. Right, you owe you to be successful and, and, and achieve everything that God placed in your heart. Um, the other thing I would share with, with um, myself is to be, be unapologetically me and that I deserve it. Like you deserve to be successful. Like you, do, you really deserve it. And if you put your mindset to it, there's absolutely no reason that you can't get to it. Success is all uphill. I will tell you that. John Maxwell says, and he's a motivational speaker, he's a pastor, 
um, and uh, one of the world-renowned executive coaches, leadership coaches, he says success is all uphill. Have you do you play video games? Or have have you ever played video games? Yeah. Right. Um, so uh, actually, we're gonna do put it in hoop terms. Okay, this is hoop terms. And and when you get to the playoffs, right, the first round of the playoffs is easy, right? That's an easier team. The next round of the playoffs, team's a little bit harder, right? And then the next round of the playoffs is a little bit harder. And then the finals is a dog fight. So your reward for success is go to the next level that's harder. Like that's your reward. So in, just like a video game, we used to play Mike Tyson's punch out back in the day. And you would start off with the Sandman, then you work your way to the ball bull, and then eventually you get to Mike Tyson. But, but your reward for getting to the next level was a harder level. That's life. And that's business too. So once you learn to embrace that, like go and, and really just love that part of it, just like school. Love the grind. You from, like you love getting to that next level because it challenges you because you all what you're doing at that next level is you maximizing your potential. Like that's part of the process. And when you love the process of getting better, and that's one of the things over the last couple of years, I've been really talking to my kids about just loving the process of getting better and knowing that success is nothing but appeal, then you just expect it. It's part of the game. You look for, you run, you run to the challenges rather than run away from them. Like, oh, I don't want to deal with that because this person is negative. I don't like dealing with negative people. This negotiation is going to be tough. Nope, I'm about to go grow through this. I'm going to step up my game. Let me go run it. I'm going to go at this full steam ahead. Now, all of a sudden, your blood pressure is lower. Your stress level is lower. And you're having more fun life, right? Mark talked about live every day. You can live every day joyful because you know you're going after maximizing yourself, whatever it brings to you. So that's the one, that's a couple of things I would say to my younger self. And actually, believe it or not, I still tell myself those things every day. Well, um, uh, what were some significant obstacles that helped shape the businessman that you are today? Uh, I'll, I'll say this. Every, every time I didn't get the outcome that I wanted has shaped me to be the business person I am today. <laughs> because some of them are minor setbacks some of them are major and and if you learn from them right if you take the mindset of hey i'm maximizing myself maximizing my potential whatever happens i learn from it um then you you came out on top right i i would one, one of the things as a hooper you'll get this steph curry is known as one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time, the dude only shoot 40%, <laughs> right? When you only shoot 40%, that means he missed six out of 10. If you're playing baseball, you hit three out of 10, get on base, you're a freaking Hall of Famer. Yep. So in business, you ain't going to, every decision that you make isn't going to be like right on spot, right? So make the decision, then make the decision right, is what I say. So make the decision, if it ain't going the right way, then you make it right. And you try, and if it don't ultimately come out, you know what? Chalk it up and keep it moving to the next. What did I learn? And then next thing, so I'll say why why people probably hire me as an executive coach is because I've had so many areas that things didn't turn out the right way. 
that I can tell them, hey, you're going down the wrong path, or this is how to rebound from it, or these are some of the things as you're going into it to think about. Because I, know, I even those like areas where I thought this was the worst thing that could have ever happened to me. Now I'm telling and I'm coaching people and they paying for me for the stuff that I thought to give them knowledge about the stuff that I thought was the worst thing that ever happened to me. So Wait. everything. Okay. I was going to say that's, that's, that's a, you, you're, you're winning off of a downfall because you're saying I'm getting paid from the, from my, from my mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a definite win because now you're like, Hey, I'm going to teach you not how I'm going to teach you not to make these mistakes so that yep. you can make more, but it's building you. That's, that's some good stuff. That's what's up. Um, if you could have given yourself a piece of knowledge or advice when you started, what would that be? And what pitfalls would have been avoided with it? Uh, I would say the one piece of advice would have been I go into it with no safety net. Know that I'm just all in. So um, as, as a person who never really grew up to say, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and run a business. I was like, hey, I'm going to be a CEO. And then I kind of gravitated towards, hey, I want to run my own business. I don't want to work with the board of directors and I don't want to do this and, and shareholders. Um, so when I started my business, I always, I went into it with, if it don't work out, I know I'd go be a CEO somewhere again. I'll be cool. <laughs> Rather than this is how I am going to create a legacy for my family. I'm, I'm going to be the first one in my family to do X, Y, and Z to create a legacy. So now, like part of the dreams and goal that God, goals that God has placed in my heart is I want to invest in my family, in my kids' businesses. I want to help them run their businesses. And I also want to do that for generation of teats and others. Right? So... That means I need a lot of money. And it could have been that the platform and the vehicle that God put me in to start my own consulting business when I was doing interim executive work. So people were hiring me to do like six month stints as a CEO for their company or come in and transition their company because they needed to do some sort of, re, you know, um, we need to recalibrate um, our revenue streams. So they would come bring me in and I would just run the company and help them do that for a year or whatever it might be. So I had a couple of clients I was working with and then the clients ended and the revenue ran away and I wasn't doing business development. And I went three months without a check. I was like, well, need to go back to get, get, getting a job, right? So if I would have went into it with the mindset of I'm building this because of for legacy, I think it would have had a different outcome. Okay. Um, and then my last question is, was this always your end goal? Yeah, so um, being a CEO was always my, my end goal. Um, my dad had me, because I played basketball in high school, you know, all throughout growing up, um, played basketball at Santa Clara, so played Division One basketball. Played a couple of years after school, but my dad always said, look, dude, if the league don't work out, what's your plan B? So in the sixth, seventh grade, I told him I wanted to be a CEO. He said, well, what type of CEO? <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure it out along the way. Um, so so I became a CEO. Um, I'm fairly successful now um, running the company, but I got a whole lot more in me, right? 
you know, I can share, share with you, like the company that I run right now has $11 million a year budget. Um, you know, we, it's not huge by no stretch of imagination. Um, but we had the most last two years, even in the pandemic, has been the most profitable the company's ever had. So, you know, I got a nice little bonus check, but I'm not rich, right? <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't invest in my kids' businesses right now. If they said, hey, dad, I'm going to go start this business and I need six months of operating cash. I can't mm. do it. I mm. just can't do it. Um, so I have to, I'm piecing it together differently with my side hustle, right? Being an executive coach um, and then corporate boards, which Parrish can tell you about a whole nother game. Once you get to a certain level, people will pay you to give, be on their board of directors for their company to give them advice. So I'll just share this with you. And I don't share this with, with many other people, um, but just to give you the, the exposure to it. Um, there's a company, they pay me $20,000 a year to go to 11 meetings. That's a beautiful thing. Right. Now, 11 meetings. And, and I do some work in between. I'll give some speeches in the company, things of that sort. Um, but that right there is what pays my daughter's college tuition. Yep. And it costs more. Let's just say it pays, it pays some of it because room and board in L.A. is crazy. That pays just her apartment in, in L.A., right? But um, you want to hear but, something that's going to make you mad real quick? Yeah. Jane's apartment in L at uh, Louisiana. Three hundred. Wait. Yeah. Three hundred dollars a month. Our man. I'm already. <laughs> look, look, look. Tasia is sharing an apartment. Right, sharing an apartment. This ain't the, even the the, the uh, utilities. It's, it's seventeen hundred. Ooh, yeah, three hundred dollars. Yeah. Utilities forty five dollars. Can't beat it. Can't. can't can't beat it. But I share I share that with you, Tavion, just so you now know. Hey, you know what? This when you see when they talk about when you're reading because you're in the business, you'll be reading and they talk about the board of directors for this company and the shareholders and things of that sort. So when you're reading about Pepsi, when you're reading about um, Apple, when you're reading about Motorola, you know, who, whomever these Fortune 500 companies are, they're paying these people on their board of directors three hundred dollars to $400,000 a year to come to 15 to 20 meetings a year and give them their insight. So that's what, what's out there for you as you go down this business journey and build yourself up over time. So next thing you know, I'm 44. When my U44, when you 44, you take the strategic direction, you won't be making 20,000 on the board, right? You'd be making 150, 200,000 on the board because you just done soaked up so much gain and so much knowledge and turned yourself into a beast. And you just know what you know. And you've gone through the fire. You had the failures, right? You tried it. You got up again. You dusted yourself off. And next thing you know, if you, you'll be exactly where you want to be. I guarantee it. Well, that's it for all the questions I have, and I appreciate all this free game and all oh, the knowledge man. and uh, your time. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you. Uh, Paris should give you my phone number. Uh, text me, email me, hit me up, whatever you want to chat. If you've got any questions, um, if you if you get yourself into a point where you be like, man, I just don't know what direction I want to go into or whatever it might be. Always, always down to chat, always down to help. Um, 
just just hit us up. It's the same thing with Mark. And when he say when we say hit us up, right? Like, really hit us up. Yeah, now, I, I think he's still picking that up when it's like, no, you really can contact me. And he's like, all right. And yeah. then I have to ask him like, you didn't contact me. He'd be like, ah, okay, I will. I really, really will. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I will tell you, like my sister, she'd be mad sometimes. She'll hit me up on a Monday and I won't get back to her to Tuesday night. You know, if I got 65 texts I'm working through, um, it it may be. But if if it's if it's an emergency, like, hey, I really need to talk to you. I'm about to go do something. Right. Just uh, you, you, you can call. You can send a pigeon. You can come to my house, knock on the door, whatever you need to do. I'm always here, man. Sounds good. Well, man. I was bouncing back and forth because I had some business stuff taken care of in here, but I greatly appreciate your time. Um, you know what's funny? I may even circle back and let you talk to Jaden because Jaden, um, he had his hoop dreams. And of course, he only had some D2 offers and he did not like them. So that's why he's at LSU. But now he's into journalism and law, but he still wants to figure out what he wants to do in regards to business. So yep. one day I may have to have him talk to you so he can put that all together. Just just let me know, man. Uh, it'd be it, it'd be fun chopping it up with him. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. From the last time. That, <laughs> yeah. Because he still talks about the got dunked on story. He was like, where's your friend? I got dunked on. <laughs> he remembers that hey, story I, the most. <laughs> hey, I'm still hey, I'm still I'm still around. Still around, man. With, hey, I, I go hold you guys up, man. Best right, to man. you guys. Have a great rest of the holiday All season. Right. Pleasure to meet you, man. Thanks for setting us up. Thank you for coming through, man. We appreciate you. Talk to you later. Peace. Peace. Let me stop recording.